Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. From the palatial Studio B, welcome to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show, Rick, presented by DraftKings. Want to get a head start on your daily fantasy season? Then go to arenasportsnet.com right now and click on the banner at the top of the screen. DraftKings, daily fantasy sports for cash, and as always, Richard, please play responsibly. I'm not happy. You're not happy? No. Because you're comfortable, and I'm, you're cool with I'm my not, voodoo air cooling machine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sweating. Right. I'm not sitting on a rickety stool that is ready to fall apart. Right. You can't hear every noise in the background. Right. I don't hear any cars. There's nobody <laughs> peeking in the windows. <laughs> I do I, miss that part of it. I'm... I'm lost. Yeah, yeah. What are, what are you going to do? It, it sounds like a radio show, not like two dummies in a bathroom. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. It is. But hey, we are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome to the Asylum Sports Show, and uh, we are in the luxurious. They are too. Studio posh. B. And this I'll tell is you what, what posh means. <laughs> this is posh. This huh? is posh, baby. All right, I, I don't mind posh. I'll yeah. take it. That's right, the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Rick, now exclusively on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. Of course, asylumfantasysports.com. If you want to interact with the show, at Asylum Football on Twitter. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, we'll be dipping into the mailbag today. So as fantasy gets closer and closer, send us your questions, asylumfootball at gmail.com, and we will get to all of them, and we will get to some of them during the shows as uh, football comes closer and closer to reality. Yeah, one week back, and the uh, I don't want to say the mailbag was full, but uh, a lot of questions came in over the last week, so we're going to tackle those. We're going to have, hopefully, we're efforting in uh, block two here in the second segment, uh, NHL great Bernie Nichols. Hope he can join us. We're going to talk, uh, what is it, all sports management as all well as all sports market, all sports little market. NHL, a little hunting, all kinds of things. We have a brand new game show in segment three, Rick, deal or no deal, looking back at preseason week one. I think we'll do this every week of the preseason going forward. So we'll play a little deal or no deal, but let's get it started, Rick. Just some of the headlines. This one surprised me a little bit, Rick. I didn't see it coming. You don't see a player-for-player trade in the NFL very often. Doriel Green-Beckham, who showed some flashes last season, 30 catches, 549 yards, four touchdowns, traded to the Eagles for an offensive lineman. This one was really stunning to me. It was a bit surprising. I wouldn't say I was stunned, but especially with the – I don't know. I mean, save Jordan Matthews, it, it's a stack of mediocrity in Philadelphia. Right. Beckham, still a little unproven, but probably the highest potential out of what would be left there after, after Matthews. Matthews. I mean, you're Nelson Aguilar, who it sounds like he's not having a great camp, was kind of a disappointment last year. I know a lot of the, right. the dynasty guys were high on Aguilar coming out. Didn't really live up to that. Uh, he's had some off-the-field off issues, if I'm not mistaken, and not having a great camp. You have uh, uh, Huff, you know, and then Reuben Randall, who apparently has completely forgotten how to play wide receiver. So, so a good fit for Beckham. Yeah, and, and time will tell. And let's not kid ourselves. Everything goes back to quarterbacking. Well, <laughs> that's a big part of it. And if you believe in Sam Bradford, then, then you're going to – be okay with this core 
I, on the other hand, hey, you're not okay with him. I, I don't like <laughs> Sam Bradford. I, it, there's just something about this guy. He is, he's Matt Stafford Jr. Even wow, and you, you don't know, you don't care for Matt Stafford well, either. They just have not lived up to close to their hyper potential. No. How many times do these first overall guys do it though? It's so rare anymore. I don't know why anybody bothers. I guess that's where you have to take them. But, God, it seems like a one out of four, you know, possibility when you make that draft pick. Do you, Marcus Russell, anyone? I mean, how often does this have to fail? <laughs> I don't – not comparing Sam Bradford to Jamarcus. Well, but you, you could. Well – It wouldn't be a good comparison. He's still playing. But, yeah, well, you know, that's true. Jamarcus weighs 600 pounds, and he's eating a cheese sandwich somewhere. I, I, I <laughs> a just, cheese sandwich. <laughs> I tell you one thing that Who I eats a cheese sandwich. What's that? <laughs> Who eats a cheese sandwich? You don't eat cheese sandwiches? No. <laughs> Why? Put some meat in there. Huh? What am I a popper? Slap don't have any meat. You a, still have some protein. Put a slap of salami in there for Pete's sake. Oh, <laughs> just a cheese sandwich. No, if you grill it, that's all right. Well, who said you didn't grill it? Well, you could. I love grilled cheese sandwiches. I do, too, but it's become, like, trendy with all the hipster D-bags, and so now I'm a little turned off by it. Oh, I'm not because I'm way older than them, and I could care less. Well, you're, you're way older than most people, yeah, which true. comes up in the mailbag. Spoiler, spoiler alert right there. Uh-oh. Hey, Rick, before we move on, we had a request come into the mailbag also. Okay. I'm not going to give it a bunch of fanfare. We're not going to put it into context if you're a new listener. Just we're fulfilling requests. If you send something to the mailbag, we will fulfill that request. Ajayi, Ajayi. All right, that's all I have to say. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> all right. So what I was surprised at, Rick, when I looked, and I guess I hadn't, which I don't know why, but I hadn't sat down and given a lot of thought to the Tennessee Titans wide receiver core. So you send Green Beckham out, who had all that potential. You're still left with Kendall Wright, Andre Johnson they brought in. I'd completely forgotten about that, Rick. You have Rashard Matthews, who they brought in for Miami. Your boy, Harry Douglas, and uh, Tajay Sharp, the, the rookie who's just tearing up camp. He's been the talk of wide receivers in training camps. Tell you what, that's a deep core, plus bringing in DeMarco Murray and, and Derrick Henry and what we saw them do in the preseason. If Marcus Mariota is a little bit of what we saw at the beginning of last year before he got nicked up, this could be a pretty darn good offense down there in Tennessee. Oh, and, and what – You just mentioned the depth at wide receiver core, and what a good move to bring some depth to the offensive line to protect Mariota and to help with a run game. Yeah, I mean it's it's a trade that makes sense in the NFL, which is something yet frankly you just don't see that. (laughs) And what does that do? We covered a lot last week on the AFC South. All that does is just muddle that division up even more because Tennessee. I tell you, I don't think they're going to be as bad. No, I don't think. Now, defensively, a of, there's a lot of question well, marks yeah, there. Well, yeah, but but they can play offense with anybody. What we if and I'm going to before we get into deal deal or no deal in the third segment too, we're going to temper everything. It's one preseason game. Oh, everybody yeah. relax. But Rick, I was really excited about what I saw come out of that running game. <laughs> you know what I mean, in the limited work they had. And just by name, DeMarco Murray and what Henry did in college, it's exciting. It's an exciting offense. We saw Mariota show flashes of 
Cam Newton rookie year. This guy can get it done if he can stay on the field and he develops a little more. It's a muddy picture down there. you got Jacksonville on the rise. They're on the rise defensively and offensively. One cautionary note out of there. Alan Hearns already has an injury. And um, monitor that. That's all I can say about that. What was that. the injury? I missed the well, I'm not real sure what it is. Oh, all right. Um, you know, I have been kind of offline, but the last, I don't know how many hours. I just know that he. Uh, In the haunted barn. And not a lot of, as anyone who's listened to the show over the last seven months knows, there's not a lot of good information. Yeah, I don't think it's anything serious, but it's Alan Hearns. I right. Mean, that, yeah. that was the point. That's a big piece of it there. And there's a lot of people not really jumping on the Jacksonville offense. I love that offense. Oh, Blake I Bortles, really yeah. do. Blake Bortles is a top eight guy for me. But let's get back to Tennessee. After you, you mentioned it, it's only one game and it's preseason. We know that. And you know that we preached incessantly, quit trying to make Bishop Sankey happen. <laughs> i tell you what. Everything that I've seen and heard, this kid has put in a ton of work in the offseason. And he is in better shape. He's quicker. He's stronger. And it shows. I mean, this this actually looks like a real legitimate running back now. And maybe he gets lucky and they cut him then because I don't think he's going to see any carries in Tennessee with the two they have in front of him. Well, you just never know. Save for injury. You know, we say that they'll both get knocked out this <laughs> week and he'll be going in week one because that's the way things – actually, it's probably happening right now because every time we record the show, right. everything breaks something. Everything big happens within the next four hours and we don't do another show for another week. So, so an interesting move. I think a good move. I think a good move for Beckham, quite frankly, and a good move for Tennessee, one of those win-wins. All right, Rick, this story drives me out of my ever-loving mind. I can't stand it. It irritates me. I feel like for a guy who loves the NFL so much and takes all my time sitting around talking about it into this microphone, I spent a lot of time crushing them, and I got to do it again. This deal with James Harrison, Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers going to be suspended effective, what is it, August 26th, if they continue to refuse to sit down and talk to the league about this now, you know, debunked, Al Jazeera, that should end it all right there, report that Peyton Manning's right. already been cleared out. What is the NFL doing? What are they trying to prove here? I don't know. I, I really don't. This is a guy that works for the 32 owners. Right. Is he getting pressure from the other owners on these guys? I find that hard to believe. Because every owner deals with a lot of this kind oh, of stuff. Yeah. And as muddled as it is, and like you said, the story is basically debunked. Why do you need – I mean, this isn't a, some secret mission. They don't need debriefed. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then you turn around and threaten them with suspension. Yeah, it's going to be indefinitely till you sit and talk to us. Come on. Well, you, About you, what? If they want to talk to them, why don't they put some little lackey on a plane and send them to training camp – Get get with the, the ownership of the teams and say, okay, I need 20 minutes of this guy's time right. or something like that. It, but, no, it's they put everything on them. It, whatever happened to innocent until proven guilty? Well, you, you don't have that in the NFL. No. And, 
you know, the, the first of all, I like James Harrison's solution. He said he's willing to talk, but Goodell himself has to come to James Harrison's house. Right. Is that unreasonable? No. You know, it's kind of a funny story, but at the same time, you sit back and think about it. Well, you know what? If that's that big of a deal, maybe you should do that. And maybe you should go to Clay Matthews' house and Julius Pepper. Yeah, they're both in Green Bay. Maybe you can get them all to meet you at the local deli or something. Yeah, maybe at <laughs> you know, Ponderosa Steakhouse or something. But, you know, and they can yeah, buy them Yeah, shopping. anything. Yeah, Ponderosa's pretty good. I mean, it's gross, but it's good at the same time. It's like good gross, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. All I can all I envision is that fat kid. That one <laughs> Oh, when we were out at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, Alliance, yeah. Ohio, yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> he made what, twelve trips? Just yeah. heaping platefuls of slop. <laughs> it was the most horrific thing I'd ever seen. Oh. He may have been a nice kid. I don't know. I'm sure. Boy, that boy could pack it away <laughs> and he showed every bit of it too. I don't know how we got there. But, you know, the simple solution to all of this is the story's been disproven. And I've heard this argument made. The story's been disproven. What's it going to hurt to sit down and talk to them? Give them a half an hour, clear your name, and we can move on. But I tend to, and maybe because I lean towards the cut off your nose despite your face line of thinking, that may surprise you, Rick, but I sort of operate that Stunned. way. Why would you do it? There's no reason to. I, bl- I don't blame the union and these guys specifically for taking a stand here. This is ridiculous. Why are you going to participate in this fishing expedition that the NFL is going on, which is all this is at this point? I mean, where does it end? You know, we have a website. What if I just put up a story that said, I have a buddy who has a buddy who saw tom brady getting high at the club or something now is he suspended indefinitely until is the nfl gonna look at all this because as far as i'm concerned this al jazeera report is no different than you and me throwing a stupid blog like that up i I think you need to draw a line in the sand here if you're the union oh i agree 100 percent. i think it's totally ridiculous and it didn't really even hold much water when it first came out implicating Peyton Manning. Right. Yeah, you remember it came out and there was big headlines and the next day huh. the guy retracted and all this right. other kind of stuff. And they're still giving it credence now. It, it's ludicrous. It's, it, it, it's unbelievable to me. They, they've gone so far too far the nfl has gone trying to police this i know they're trying to clean things up but this is nothing but a fishing expedition they know they can't prove anything the story's been disproved i don't know what they stand to gain here i'll tell you what as a steeler fan i'd hate to see it with harrison and certainly packers fans wouldn't want to see it but i'll tell you what i would be in full favor of them guys saying then suspend us for the year because we are not playing this game we are not going to do it oh yeah i would you know the Steeler fans would hate it. But, you know, James Harrison, well, any of them, I mean, it, they're such impact players. I mean, mm. James Harrison's getting old, so this is probably his final season. I right. would hate to see it end like that for for a player like, like him. Clay Matthews still has time left, but I, I'm with you. You know, draw the line in the sand and say, look, we're not doing this anymore. You, it, it, this opens opens the floodgates wide open, right. in my opinion. And I'll tell you what, here's a story that really is driving me crazy. Is Joey Boza holding out? <laughs> now this, I don't know who his agent is. Yeah, I probably ought to do some research yeah, uh, why, on that. Why start now? Yeah, and start calling him names. But, I mean, someone, I'm sorry, this is... 
a kid that has missed, as of this recording, missed 18 days of training camp and is still running. Okay? The disagreement isn't in money. This this is what's really strange. It's like um, twenty six million bucks or whatever, seventeen million dollar signing bonus. No problem there. Why he's holding out is the offset. And if you're not familiar with offset, is for example, say in his fourth year he's going to make four million bucks, say in two thousand nineteen. Okay. okay, and San Diego decides to to release him. Now, for example, another team picks him up and signs him for two million bucks. Okay? The San Diego Chargers would be entitled with this offset clause to recoup the two mil that the new team is going to pay him. They would only have to fulfill two million instead of four million. So, in other words, without the offset, he would actually get the four million bucks plus another two, if that's what was left on his signing bonus, right? No, 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 not signing nothing's bonus. guaranteed. No, this is this would be, this is what the offset does of his guaranteed money of his fourth of his fourth year. Okay, his pay scale is supposed to be four million dollars. Okay, guaranteed. This is an we example talk about guaranteed. Yeah, money this here, is right? an example. Right. Okay. Now the offset clause, um prevents this guy from double dipping he would get the four million bucks from san diego right and then an extra two for the contract here okay they would allow them to only pay him two and then he gets two hence he's still getting four million dollars for that year but here's where i agree with joey boson i i follow what you're saying here's where i agree with him from what I've read and what I've seen on television, which is more that more of that than reading, because well, we know how I feel about reading and, quite frankly, how well I do at it. So let's be honest. From what I've seen on television and from other podcasts, which is where I get all my news from, it's pretty standard for this to be, or at least to be desired to be more front-loaded because they're less likely to cut you in year one in year two. Right. And San Diego's kind of trying to cheap out here and kick that money towards the end for that reason, for the offset purposes. And Joey Bosa's is saying, oh, hold on, I want to get paid now when everybody else in on my tier is getting paid. I don't have much of an issue with that, but a quite seven, frankly. You quit doing that. I, I'm worked but a, up. But a $17 million signing bonus, it only leaves $9 million bucks left. Right. Okay. And the, 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 the issue is in the last year. Now... Let's just face facts here. If Joey Boza lives up to the hype, they're probably going to restructure by year three or the beginning of year four and get him signed long-term anyway. If he turns out to be a bust, then Right, and you're making the perfect argument for San Diego. If I'm Joey Bosa, I'm going to be cognizant of the fact that that's a possibility, so give me as much as I can right now in case I do get hurt or I do bust out. I I have a hard time blaming him for that, only because it's standard other places. From everything I've heard, this is... Uh, San Diego is kind of notorious for this, right? I I agree there. Low-rent organization. I, I just hate seeing... A young player yeah, I agree that, with that needs so much experience to get accustomed to the NFL. Look, he's he's basically done 
in 2016. Yeah, yeah the year's of, over. Yeah, it really is. Or he's going to pull a hammy within an hour and a half of coming back. Or he's not going to be in NFL condition. He's going to burn out right. by week seven, even if he doesn't get hurt and so forth. That's the issue that I have, this holding out. And I understand that you want to get as much as you can because the, the careers are short. But damn, I mean, you know, this is a rookie. Right. They're, they're, and and that's, it's not even a, a third-year player or whatever it is or, or working into the fifth-year option stuff and really negotiating his security. Get established. I, I, you know, and become an NFL player. There's so much to learn, so much, um, you know, conditioning, knowledge, everything to learn but in the NFL. I agree with that 100%. But we got to look at the business side too. How much are you willing to give back to get that knowledge and that exposure? I, I just any more when I see the way the NFL operates. When we talk no about doubt. when we talk about the story we talked about just prior, when you see guys getting cut, you know you see these hundred million dollar contracts that throw all that out. Look at the guaranteed money because that's all these guys are ever going to see. Yeah, you know, it's the way business is done. I got a hard time blaming. Look, he's it's a lost year. For him, I think already, if he's not back right now, and even then it may be too late. I agree with that. It's a shame for the development of what could be a really good player right. in this league. i got to tell you what, Rick, again, and I think this probably hampers the negotiations, like I said, San Diego's fairly well known for this. And I always thought it was just Eli didn't want to play there back in, what draft was that, 20 when all the – That was Ben and them. Yeah. What was it, 04? Yeah, the 04 draft. From what I understand, this was a big reason why Eli said, don't even draft me. It wasn't about going out to San Diego. It's They're such a low-rent organization, and they're going to hem you up in your contract negotiations. That they're pretty well known for this. So I, I, it is a shame. It really is. It, it I, I agree with you. It's going to be a lost year for him. But I have a real hard time getting offended by it. I really do. Yeah, I, mean, I just think it's a – I don't know. It, it, it's a real – two-way street, dubwood, sword, whatever you want to call it. I'm not so much agreeing with San Diego as maybe I sound. I just hate seeing yeah, I agree a young that. kid like this. And it's so much money. Well, for us, yeah, it's hard to comprehend. It is hard to comprehend. And even at 22 years old, you know, I mean – Gee whiz, I would sign my name here, 17 million bucks in the bank account, well, you know. Us, we'd do pretty much anything for 100 bucks. <laughs> I mean, it's just really hard to. I, it is. We have no marketable skill, unlike this young man, and we'll never see any of that kind of money in nine lifetimes. So it's just, it's so hard to to right. get out of that perspective and exactly. try to look through it for those, through those guys. I, you worried about your boy Zeke yet, Ezekiel Elliott? Still not back at practice, dealing with that hamstring. Thinks he'll be back for week one. Oh, I've been worried about him when everybody had him as the third running back going. I told you that. You told me that. I, I'm, I love Ezekiel Elliott, but not this year yeah. where he's going. I want to I wanna see him perform as a running back in the NFL – before I'm going to risk my first-round pick 
which you know at like number three or four in oh, fantasy yeah. drafts for yeah, him, no, which is that. what a lot of people are doing. Yeah, and uh, we won't have that conversation. And I bring that up, so I think, and I I agree with you. When I see a rookie coming in dealing with hamstrings and not getting reps in, I'm nervous. Matt Forte's basically missed all a camp for the Jets with a hamstring. You're worried about him. He says he'll be back heading into week one. Well, you worry about him, obviously, because of his age. He doesn't need the player development on top of it. He just has to worry about his condition. Right. So I'm not as worried about Forte as I am about Ezekiel yeah. And Plus, Forte is going to be down lower in the draft. Yeah, yeah. And well, from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, well, so. I always – I. Always wheel around with fantasy. Yeah. It's just it's a funny uh, juxtaposition. I always like here. Here's where my mind goes, and Rick, I think you agree with me. I think we've talked about this before. I see a rookie or a young guy dealing with these issues in camp and not being able to get on the field. I get really nervous. I hear a guy like Matt Forte or any other veteran, for that matter, dealing with a hamstring in camp. I think, oh, yeah, you got a right. hamstring. Yes, yeah. you are right. You just don't want to show up until that last week of August to be out there doing two-a-days in the heat. You exactly. Know, it's an odd juxtaposition, but I think there's probably some truth in it, though. Oh, he's probably stretching and doing yeah. the bicycle and doing oh. a little lifting. Yeah, if I'm fine. 10-year veteran, I'm like, oh, I don't know, Coach. My hammy's a little tight. I'll be over on the <laughs> right. bike in front of that fan if you need me. I'm right here. I got you. I got you. Buddy, I, I honestly believe that goes on. Oh, I do too, hundred percent, no doubt about that. All right, what else do we have? Here? We only got a couple minutes. Well, but... Bruce Arians apparently, uh, you know, taken to the hospital yeah, right? in San Diego with stomach pains. I haven't heard any diagnosis. I heard he's out feeling better. So, um, but I don't know if they've gotten results of the tests or not. Surprised that doesn't happen more often to coaches across all professional and college sports. I mean, talk about a stressful job. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, that's okay. I got a question for you, and this is just something that we all, you know, we talked about Ezekiel Elliott going early. You know, David Johnson in in fantasy drafts, the same thing, right? He's like one of the top two or three running backs taken. And we've had this discussion, you know, is, is this legit? Is he going to be the bell cow, or is it going to be split with Curse Johnson, et cetera, et cetera? You know, it makes a lot of sense that this young kid all of a sudden is named the starter. And if you're Arizona, you're a powerful offense. We saw what he did last last year. Throw him in there. And if if this is this is what everybody's saying that he needs and so forth. You know, it does make a lot of sense. If you're going and then all of a sudden Week 11, maybe he gets banged up. Gee whiz, yeah, this guy's 31 now, but I got a fresh Chris Johnson sitting on right. the bench. Right. And they don't really lose. They're going to lose, obviously, because he's not what he used to be. But now it's a fresh set of legs in there. I mean, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I believe they seem to be coming back on it. We, we spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks where, from the beginning, the, the there was a report come out out of the beat writer for ESPN, and then the OC come out and said, look, Chris Johnson's going to get plenty of work. I still believe that. I think David Johnson's going to get the bulk of the work. I think he's going to be great. I really do. I 
that didn't feel like flash in the pan stuff he did for those at least couple of big games at right. the end of the year. He's a load to bring down. He's quick. He's got good hands. Really good around the goal line. But make no mistake about it, he ain't getting 300 carries. He ain't getting 275 carries. If Chris Johnson's healthy, and that could be a big if at Chris Johnson's age, he's going to get plenty of work. So I think David Johnson, I wonder how many shares of David Johnson I'm going to own because I think you're looking at a potential first-rounder here, Rick, right? I mean, you're probably talking, I think Gurley and Peterson are the two guaranteed in whatever order Mm. you want to take them. And then the running back, position gets real muddled from a fantasy and even standpoint. From, even with the could suspension, be Zeke, Bell could be him. sitting up there. Yeah, you got Le'Veon Bell hanging around. You got Ezekiel Elliott, who people love. You got David Johnson, who people love. So if you get in a running back bit of a run early, if you get a draft that goes old school a little bit, I think the price may be a little high for a, on a guy even like David Johnson, which sounds silly to say a guy I believe is a top 10 running back, but the price may be a little high there. I think there's just a – with him and Zeke, there's just a modicum of risk there that, that I'm not I'm, – frankly, I'm not willing to well, take I think you and I have done, you know, scores of these – you know, quote unquote expert drafts. Mm-hmm. How many shares of Johnson do you own? I got Zippy so far. You and me both. Because he was going you know, eight, right. nine, ten overall. I'm just not willing to go. I think I love the kid, but I still think there's risk with him. Same with Elliott, and I'm not willing to spend a first round pick on any risk. I, I that's where I am conservative. We talked about you being more conservative than me, but where I do get conservative is my first pick is going to be a lockdown, no brainer point machine right. week in and week out. I agree. All right, Rick, we got a break here. When we come back, hopefully we're efforting uh Yeah. Bernie he's... Nichols. Hopefully we can get him on. We'll do that and more right after this. Welcome back to the Arena Sports Network, and uh, we are Flieger and Briggs on the Asylum Sports Show. Hey, Friday night begins the 21st season of high school play-by-play football on Arena Sports Net as the Michigan City Wolves travel to Griffith to take on the Griffith Panthers. We start our coverage at 7.45 p.m. Eastern Time with the Cleaver Supplements pregame show live from Griffith, and Brian Snow has the call, so tune in. Well, Rick, as promised on uh, segment two, we're going to bring in, uh, that's been, what, over a year now, I think. Oh, at least. Since uh, he's been on, but we certainly appreciate appreciate him taking the time. He is uh, a longtime NHL great, played from 81 to, I believe, 99 for the Kings, Rangers, Oilers, Devils, Blackhawks, and Sharks. One of, what, eight people to score, uh-huh. what, 70 goals. Mr. Bernie Nichols, welcome in. Uh, good to be back, boys. How you guys doing? Oh, doing great. We appreciate you taking the time. We're checking out. I know I've been following along. You do a lot of work with the all sports market. Uh, the uh, what is it? The world's first uh, sports uh, stock market. I was wondering how that was going and what's going on there. Well, it's going great. We actually just launched the NFL, NHL, NBA uh, a week ago. So you can go on all sports market right now and play. Uh, invest in any team. We actually have a great promotion going right now. Anybody that signs up right now, like before Saturday, Saturday, and the winner can win a million shares in the company. And, you know, that could turn out to be eight, ten million dollars. So, uh, you know, all you got to do is sign up. So I'm just, you know, I've been telling my friends for the last three or four days just to sign up, you know, you get a free share, and uh, you get a 
So it's a great, great idea. Uh, the, the concept's great. Every fan, I think, in sports would want to feel like they own a little piece of their team, and you can buy a share in your team for like two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, that is just. That, I mean, it's a brilliant concept, and you know, it just takes people thinking about stuff like that to get it going. How did that come about? Was was that, uh, or, or do you even know? Or is it something that you know has been around a while and has just got launched, or or, or do you know? Well, to be honest with you, we actually had it going. It was a group, a gentleman out of Costa Rica. Um, he actually brought it over. He went to Congress. He wanted to do everything right. He wanted to make it legal, not gambling or anything. And we actually had it ready to go in like 2008 or, or something like that. We were on a futures exchange in Chicago, and it went bankrupt. So everything with us, you know, because you needed that to, to get it going. And so we, we obviously we had to start from scratch. Um, and, but, you know, the last year we had the free version going. Uh, which was going great, kind of a learning tool. And now, um, you know, it's like poker stars. People can go on and play for free, or you can put your 20 bucks in and play for for real. And, you know, we can do that now. And uh, like I say, I don't know a fan in the in the sports industry that wouldn't want to feel like they own a piece of their team. Yeah, no doubt about that. So we, we don't want to get into any type of uh, insider training, but I think uh, – <laughs> You know, a man like you knows a little bit about hockey. Where's a good, uh, cheap stock I should be investing in heading into next <laughs> hockey season? Well, you know what I say to people, right? Like, we all started at scratch. Uh, every fan has their favorite team. But you look at a, a team like the Edmonton Oilers, uh, in my opinion, they may have the greatest young player that's come out in a long time in Connor McDavid, right? So you buy shares in them. Uh you hold on to them for a couple of years, they're probably going to double or triple. You know, this kid's that good. Uh, their team's up and coming. Uh, meanwhile, you'll still have shares in your favorite team. But you look around the league, you know, you, you see teams that uh, you can't go wrong with teams like Chicago, L.A., Pittsburgh, the, the team that have their the great players. But you look for a, a, a sleeper team that maybe uh, be up and coming and, and you can invest in them. For, for the long haul. Well, I tell you what, I I can say um, from experience, I got on, the last time you were on, when we were talking about that, I got on and have been doing uh, the play, you know, the, the play money or however you want to put it. And yeah, yeah I've been pretty much, uh, you know, puffing my chest out because <laughs> I've done right well. So I'm, I'm ready to dive in now, I'm telling you that. Well, I think it's fun, you know. Uh, obviously, you learn a little bit, but then, you know, to me, to get in there and whether it's two bucks, five bucks, or ten bucks, or you know, a thousand bucks, if you want, just to feel like you have a piece of uh, invested interest in your favorite team. You know, in sports, you get to watch your team perform every day, and just to think that I, I have a little piece of that team, you know, I think it's a lot more fun. Yeah, no question about it. And and one of our favorite teams being here in Western Pennsylvania, coming off a Stanley Cup victory, 
the Pittsburgh Penguins. Just wanted to like to say that as often <laughs> as I can. But I wanted to ask you, I was sitting around thinking about something as the Penguins now just this week have started reaching out, asking me to buy, uh, buy some more tickets and uh, upgrade to season yeah. tickets. What I wonder about, I don't know the how what's the deepest you went in the playoffs if you ever made it to a Stanley Cup final. But nowadays with this Stanley Cup final running into the middle of June, how much of a disadvantage is a team like the Penguins and the Sharks or even the guys who made the conference finals? That, that's an awfully quick turnaround, don't you think? Oh, it is. Uh, I remember when I was with the Kings in 2012 and we won the Cup, um, our coach had the players starting to train again just briefly in, in July, you know. But I think nowadays kids are they're so good. They're in such great shape. But you got to remember, Sidney Crosby, he's going to start playing right away here now in the uh, uh, Canada Cup. But, you know, a good coach will, will understand that. Uh, the regular season's a regular season. You, you, you find time to rest your good players so they're ready to go come playoff time. But I think the key is with great teams, right? You, you see teams that win the Cup. Once you get a taste of it, once you get it once, that's all you think about, right? They just prepare themselves to play in the playoffs and, and do a run again because it's that much fun to win it. So, I, you know, I think they're going to be uh, very tough again this year. Yeah, I do too. I, I, it is so difficult trying to uh, maintain, I guess, the these, I don't know, you can't really say dynasty, but I mean, you know, this 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 really big core of stars that Pittsburgh has, I think they've done a pretty good job of keeping a cast around these guys, you know, Crosby and Malkin and so forth. And, you know, how tough is that? I mean, I know you've been involved in, you know, other than just a player and so forth. How tough is that, uh, you know, to try to keep a core? You know, this isn't like the old days where teams stayed together for 15 years. You know, in today's league, no matter what sport it is, it's got to be a real headache to try to keep that even just the core of a team together. Well, it is, and that's mainly because of the salary cap. You know, I think you look at most teams, they, they have their core guys. You know, you look at the L.A. Kings. Uh, they got Jonathan Quick. They got Drew Doughty on uh, defense. They got uh, Anze Kopitar. You know, Pittsburgh has Crosby Malcolm. Uh, they got Latang. They got a great goalie. So they got the core people there and now you just kind of with the salary cap you, you just try to maintain that keep as many as you can around and then if not come the next season you, you try to add to it a little bit as well but for the most part you know I think Pittsburgh's going to be really strong again this year well let, let's certainly hope so so I, I want to switch gears a little bit we're going to keep it at hockey but one thing I noticed, you notice it, it's still fresh in my mind coming back from the Stanley Cup presentation to the Penguins and Gary Bettman just getting vehemently booed every time the man walks out. As someone who's been in the league and worked in the league recently, is it fair the criticism Bettman gets? What, what do you think of him as a commissioner? I think Gary's done a great job. You know, I think what, well, I, people don't understand, right? But, is uh, when people are booing Gary. Gary does what the owners want him to do, right? Right. So when Pittsburgh's booing Gary, they're booing Mario Lemieux. <laughs> they're, they're booing the owners, 
right? Really, Gary, he just, Gary uh, looks after the owners. When it's a lockout, it's not Gary Bettman against the players. It's the owners against the players. Don't, you know, don't get upset with Gary. Get upset with your owners. So, you know, I, I think he takes a bad rap. Every, you're right. Every time he steps on, it, it's amazing. They, they boo the heck out of him. But, you know, I guess they, I, I don't know why. I think well, they, they'll obviously blame Gary for the lockout. They'll, they'll blame Gary for any bad thing that happens. But the reality of the whole thing is it's not Gary. Gary speaks on behalf of, of 30 owners in the league. Right? right. So they, they come together, they make a decision. Gary comes out front and says the decision. Don't be mad at Gary. Be mad at the owners. Be mad at your owner if you're Pittsburgh. Be mad at the owner if you're uh, in LA with the Kings, right? It's it, it's definitely not it's not Gary. So he in my opinion just takes a bad route. Yeah, and you have to I almost wonder if it's almost like a I hate to make the compa- comparison, but a, a pro wrestling thing where they've just decided he's the heel yeah. and, and he gets booed. <laughs> he because quite frankly, uh-huh. to give the the NHL is better than any other professional sports organization at, at one thing, if nothing else, and that is they adapt and they change, and they will change right now. They will change a rule in the right. middle in the middle of a season, in the middle of the playoffs, whatever they have to do, they will tweak this and make efforts to get it right. And a lot of that goes back to Gary Bettman. You see how hard it is to get anything changed in the NFL. It's impossible in Major League Baseball. That was one thing I was always struck by with hockey. They will get it right. They will make a change right now. And I think, quite frankly, Bedman's a big part of that. Well, that's right. Like, you know, they're always trying to better the game. I like that, you know. Uh, and then, like you say, it's funny. Gary brings the Stanley Cup out to give their team and you're going to boo him when they announce his name. Like, I don't get that. He's got the cup. It's yours. You just want it. How can you boo somebody for that, right? So, but you're right. It's funny. It's, you know, to me, Gary does, he does a lot. He, he tries to improve the game, and uh, I don't think he should be criticized for, for that. Yeah, I and mean, we talk about the NHL, you know, getting things right and trying to improve constantly. What... I mean, I, I go back 15, 20 years, something like that. I watched hockey probably five nights a week on ESPN and so forth. I find the I find the coverage of NHL, and maybe you know, I'm I'm just not missing or uh, missing something here, but I don't see the coverage of it, and. It seems to me like they have fallen behind in, in good sports coverage. I mean, you watch the four-letter thing, they don't even mention it unless it's the finals or something. And what can they do? Yeah. What can they do to get back on track? Because, you know, I don't I don't care what anybody says. I, I understand NFL's king and this, that, and the others. But when it gets right down to yeah. especially playoffs, there's nothing better than Stanley Cup. No, there's not. You know, we're – I know one time they took a poll and we were below fishing on ESPN, you know. Oh, my. Uh, I don't get it. Like, you can't tell me for one minute that watching a, a hockey game's not more exciting than watch a baseball game. You know, like, I think when people understand it, they go to it, uh, they really get into it, th- then they understand how, how big it is. But 
it's tough. It's t- it's tough out there to try to compete with the. Well, no one can compete with the NFL, but you know, baseball or, or basketball. It's just it's tough for hockey, and you know, I don't know why. Obviously, in Canada, up here, uh, it's on. If you listen to a sports channel, it comes on the hockey. They show the hockey highlight. They go through everything else, and then they end with the same hockey highlights. It's, <laughs> they, they show it twice, but. Uh, in the states, it's tougher. It's a it's a tougher sell. Yeah, and I I just don't understand that. Quite frankly, I I really don't. I'm I'm still baffled by it. But I had I had a quick question for you. You know, we saw Patrick Waugh step down. He was what VP and, and coach of Colorado is trying to wear the, the this multitude of hats. Does is it almost destructive for someone that could actually excel at one of these positions? Well, I think Patrick's problem is, is he wanted more say. You know, as a coach, uh, from what I heard, uh, he wasn't involved enough. So, wow. you know, I think it's fair to a coach to, to have an input, more of an input on, on the players they want or players they don't want, players they need. Uh, he, he has a feel in the locker room, kind of what, what they need. And uh, whether he wasn't getting it or not, I was shocked uh, that he had, he stepped down like I, I didn't see that coming, but um, you know they'll be missed there. I'm sure he's going to maybe look to go to maybe Montreal. Might hire him if he'd ever go there. Uh, but it's just tough to it's tough to see when a guy steps down like that, kind of unexpected. All right, last hockey question. We'll get to something we all would prefer to talk about a little bit of hunting. But last <laughs> hockey question. I, I know you have a, a lot of ties in Vegas. How do you how do you see the NHL succeeding in Vegas and being the first major sports franchise to operate out of Vegas? Well, honestly, I think it will do well. Uh, you know, I talked to Murray Craven there. He's he's up high in the organization. They're sold out for the first three years, but oh wow, you know. That's expected, but that's expected. You know, something new. The key is, is now what happens after that three years is up? Will everybody come back? You know, I think for players, we'll love going there. Uh, players will love living there. Uh, so, you know, I just think, I think we'll do well. It's, you know, I, from what I'm told, they're, they're talking about bringing an NFL team in there too. Uh, I think they can support it. Vegas is a lot bigger than you think, and I, I think they have, uh, enough hockey fans there that uh, they will support a beautiful rank. So it looks great. Well, that's good. It, um, it, it's nice to see it becoming nationwide. You know, we talked about, you know, the, the lack of coverage and so forth, but I mean, it, it's hit all corners of, of the States at least. And um, some of the teams that are cities that I thought, were kind of strange, you know, a la Nashville, Columbus, something like that. They're actually supporting these teams, and, I mean, that's encouraging. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, Columbus is an East Coast city. Uh, East Coast, hockey's pretty big in the East Coast. Uh, Nashville, they, they took to it, um, which is great. You know, most cities, though, once they get there and once they uh, – you know, get to games and stuff. I think they fall in love with it. Um, so, as you've seen in Nashville, they, they support it really well. I just hope I hope Vegas does. You know, I, I really think it'd be a great place for guys to play, and, and guys will definitely enjoy coming in. Yeah, I mean, they all vacation there. Why not just work there, too, right? Everybody's in <laughs> yeah. there. 
All right. Well, we are getting yeah, into the, we're getting into the fall. We're getting to that time of year. What's the next big hunting trip? What 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 are you heading after here soon? Uh, middle of September, uh, we go on our moose hunt with a bow. Oh, uh, wow. So we go north in Ontario, and uh, we head bow hunting. So for moose, and that's my favorite. Right in the rut, we'll catch them. Hopefully, right in the middle of the rut, and it should be fun. Oh yeah, you can't beat that. I <laughs> mean, just a, what is your, you know? I always ask this to to guys that like uh, do a lot of hunting. What is your, I don't know how to put it, scariest moment or like closest call out in the wild? Well, I've been chased by moose uh, twice. Um, this wasn't I wasn't hunting. I didn't have a bow or a gun, but. Um, it, it was laying down. It was in the springtime. I, I'm thinking maybe it was a, a cow moose that was pregnant, and I was just walking to take a picture, and all of a sudden it get up, and it started running at me. And it just came and just right in front of me, and then it just swung out and left, and the guy's yelling from up in the road, and then uh, he came again at me and then took off. Uh, moose hunting, I, I had one come right into me, a big bull moose, probably within five yards of me looking right at me, and when you got a bow, you can't shoot at it straight on. <laughs> so I, I kind of had to wait till he turned, but he was kind of, cause they're coming in ready to fight, you know? Uh, so it was, that was kind of nerve wracking for a little bit. <laughs> I can imagine. So, uh, one thing I've never gotten to do it. It's definitely on the bucket list is some moose hunting, Rick. We, we got to do that. Maybe we'll make a show trip out of it. Uh, because, you know, just like Bernie says, in the rut there, but what is it? They're like 1,200 pounds of rage. I mean, you've you got a bow and arrow. That does yeah. make you uh, take pause. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they get your attention in a hurry when they're coming in because they're loud and they're uh, a little excited at the time because they're, they're either coming in to breed, thinking they're coming in to breed, and then when they think there's another bull there uh, playing with their mate, they get a little uh, gnarly, and uh, then they're looking to fight. Yeah, so yeah, that's, it that's can a, be a little intimidating. Yeah, that's a toxic mix. One, one thing I'm wondering, we talk about moose hunting, I, I never got to do it, is every all the knowledge I have of moose hunting is what I see on those hunting shows, and, and I know that's just not the reality. Obviously, a moose isn't as spooky as like a white-tailed deer is. Is it? Is no. it real? Is it realistic that you could sort of go out there and spot and stalk and thrash around and get in close enough to bow range, or is there a little more, little more to it, a little more stealth required? No, like they're attracted to the noise. Like if if you're out there and you see one and you start raking, like you have a fake horn like horns or antlers like they have start raking it. They'll think it's another bull and they'll come in. The louder you, the noise you make, they'll come right to that. And, you know, they're not afraid because there's no animal, there's nobody bigger than them, right? So they're not afraid of anything. And that's what gets them in trouble. A whitetail comes in and they, they're spooky. You know, they see anything and they'll run. But a, a big bull moose, he's not afraid of anything. So he comes in and uh, they're curious too. So when you make a lot of noise, they're, they're curious to that, and they'll come into you. I gotta wonder if I'd Rick even have the guts to stand there and draw down and make a good shot on a moose, <laughs> or if I just cry and run away. <laughs> I don't you know, know. I'm used to being twenty yeah. feet up in my tree stand, sneaking up on a white tail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not a lot of danger there, other than me falling out of the stand. Well, yeah, I mean that's that comes about every week. You know when you're trying to do that, but uh, no, I, I you know. I, 
I haven't gone moose hunting either. One of my favorites is turkey hunting, and you know, I you do that, I assume as well. Yes, a turkey similar, right? Like you call in a big tom, he comes strutting in, uh, gobbling in. That's the same as a moose, other than there's twelve hundred pounds difference, right? <laughs> they're coming in the same yeah. idea. They're they're grunting and raking their horns, just like. A turkey comes in, it's the coolest thing in the world for people. A turkey comes in, he struts, he fans out, he thinks he's coming in to see a, a mate, and he's fanning out, strutting his stuff, you know, and next thing you know, he's got a an arrow up his butt. <laughs> oh, exactly. And it, one thing that always gets me, Rick brought up, you know, watching you know some of these shows. Some of these shows now are so, it, it's just a, um, an advertisement for equipment and People that really have never been out seem to think that these guys walk out, sit down by a tree, and kill something in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen all the time. And what I tell people, too, right, like, a lot of people don't just understand the hunting part. Like, all they can uh, get through their head is the killing part. And I've told people, I've been on some of my best hunting trips. You don't get anything, right? Right. It's just you're with your family or your friends. Uh, you're in the middle of the Yukon or Alaska, the, the terrain up in the mountains. I was in the Yukon one time, moose hunting, and at night, and the, the northern stars were just dancing across the sky. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It was just amazing, right? And you're with friends, and it's just, you know, that's not, the killing part isn't, uh, you know, the reason you go, uh, you know, for us, we, we don't kill anything. We don't eat. Uh, we, we get tags. We, we just hunt the, the males, you know, I don't, uh, shoot a, a female or their, their babies, you know, I just shoot the males and, uh, but we use every part of it. And, uh, you know, so I, I think people, if they really understand it, I, I think they have a better appreciation for it. Yeah, and getting out there and doing it, I you talk about the killing's not the, the main part of it. I know I can still see this guy. I mean, probably the most memorable spring gobbler hunt. I worked a bird for about an hour and ten minutes. I could see him. He was too far oh, in. Yeah. Couldn't bring him in close enough. And finally he get, he finally he left. I circled around, never could bring him in, but I can still see that guy in my dreams, you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right, Bernie. Well, we have taken too much of your time already. We we definitely appreciate it. We got to do it again soon as hockey season comes around. If you'd like, why don't you take another second? Second, tell everybody where they can uh, get on the uh, all sports market and where uh, they they can get more information on it. Yep, go to allsportsmarket.com. Uh, sign up. You know, I'd like to see you sign up in the next couple of days so you're you're eligible for uh, the draw for free shares in the company on saturday so go to allsportsmarket.com uh top right hand corner is the the real money side sign up and you know buy a share in your favorite team two dollars and fifty cents or just sign up and then you're eligible for a free uh draw for uh, a million shares in the company it's a great great idea yeah, it definitely sounds like a good time. I know I'll be on there. We will tweet it out. We'll get it up on our website. We'll spread the word and hopefully get this thing really rolling. It's a nice alternative to fantasy sports. It's a lot easier, I think, to bet on the whole team than, than to pick out one player. And it's player. real. Yeah, it's absolutely real. Yeah, and it's not and it's 
Right, and it's not gambling. If if you invest in a team tonight and they lose, you don't lose your investment. It's not gambling, which, you know, for me, it, it's the key, right? Like people gambling, Vegas don't build billion-dollar buildings every day for all the winners, right? Like, <laughs> That's right. You know, you're not going to win gambling. Investing, you got a chance. You don't lose your investment if, if your team loses. So uh, it's a great – the better alternative uh, to gambling is, is investing, and, and we have that. So uh, hopefully everybody comes on, allsportsmarket.com, and hopefully one of them will win the, the, the million shares if they do. Text me, tweet me, uh, reach out to me, and uh, that'd be awesome. I'd love for someone on your show to win it. That'd be really cool. All right, let's hope it's me. All right, we'll spread the word. (laughs) Bernie Nichols, NHL, great. Thanks for all the time. Let's do it again soon. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. All right, thanks. You too, Bernie. Appreciate it. All right, we'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network. And don't forget to begin your day with the Potluck Friday edition of Snowman in the Morning. You don't know what he's going to talk about or who he's going to bring on. That's why it's called Potluck Friday. It begins 8 a.m. Eastern on the Arena Sports Net and arenasportsnet.com. So check it out. That's right. Don't miss the snowman. The snowman in the morning. Potluck Friday. So I'll definitely check that out. i got to be honest, I haven't checked it out before. Well, we will now. Well, thank you to Bernie Nichols for joining the show. What a good time. What a good time. You don't get a lot of hockey talk and certainly don't get a lot of hunting talk. So we appreciate him doing it. And check out that all sports market. That is a cool idea. If you're a fantasy player, that is a cool idea. Oh, yeah. And it's great to talk hockey. With a guy that's basically a legend. Oh, yeah. He's one played of, with Wayne Gretzky. One of eight people that scored 70 goals in a season. Uh, you know, I think he knows what he's talking about. Can you imagine if somebody scored 70 goals now? <laughs> somebody gets to 45 and we want to put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't know what what's changed. Is it clutch? They've legislated out the clutching and grab. Are the goalies well, yeah. that much better? Probably been a question for well, the NHL legend, but I think of it now. Well, I mean, we talked about this what last year with I mean the pads. Some of these guys are are monsters with the pads on now. Well, they're all and, six four, but you see them out of pads. You couldn't hit them with a handful of corn kernels, but you put them in those pads, and they're eight feet wide. Well, I mean, yeah, look at you know, Mark Andre Fleury. He's a little guy. Oh, yeah. You know, but he sure fills the net. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you look back at, um, I don't know, take a goalie like Flurry and take a picture of him and then look at, I don't know, an old picture of Terry Sawchuck. <laughs> Flurry looks a lot yeah. bigger. And but... Sawchuck could probably bench press Flurry <laughs> 112 times, but that's just sort of the way it worked. All right, Rick, enough of that. It is time for. A debut of a new game show here on the Asylum, and I think, Rick, we're going to do this all throughout the preseason. This is the preseason edition of, oh, come on, the music failed me, Rick. Here we go. It's Deal or No Deal, Rick. You got a theme song for that? That's the theme song? You You like it? It just doesn't even ring a bell. I've actually watched that show when it was on with... Howie Mandel. Because you were looking at all those chicks and weren't paying any attention but, to the music. The old creep. I don't really think so. I think that's what it was. I was. Maybe that's just me. Uh, but the song just doesn't sound familiar. They have. I always feel bad. If you go to like uh, the Chuck E. Cheese or the stuff like that that has all those arcade games now, because there's no such thing as arcades anymore, they have a deal or no deal game there. And it's like a video. So they got the real girls there. So you're there with the kids. 
and there's kids everywhere and you're playing this game because it's the only game an adult can get away with playing and I find myself pervy staring at the girls and amongst a bunch of children I feel like I should be on some sort of watch list for doing that but I get all steamed up you know what I mean you're just a a terrible human being that's a fair point we can turn that off here we're trying to uh, have a conversation but it's deal or no deal all right the rules of the game are quite simple I imagine you can figure out. I'm going to read you some stat lines from the NFL preseason week one, and I wanted to know, Rick, do you think it's a deal or no deal? Is it a big deal, little deal, no deal at all? So I, well, I, I mean, stretched a little bit for well, you. So now I have more than two options? No. Deal well, or no deal? Is well, something or nothing? I didn't want to steal that from PTI. So I but came you up said with deal it was a no big deal, deal, little deal, no deal. That's three choices. You could say whatever you want, Rick. I don't know. Oh. I could read you but a stat is a, line. But is a, a little deal no deal or is it a deal? That's up to you, Rick. Let's just try one and see what happens. <laughs> you jerk. God, I hate. See, we get him cooled off. We get his body temperature below 118. He hasn't drank a beer yet. That, that's a big news. I wish I had a bell. There's a news flash right there. So he's engaged in the show, and this is what he does. He acts like a creep and ruins the game that's soon to sweep the nation, might surpass fact or fiction, Rick, quite frankly. Boy, I tell you, that's got a lot of sweeping to do. <laughs> that's a steep hill to climb. Don't get me wrong. Everybody loves fact or fiction. All right, Rick. Deal or no deal, Mark Ingram in limited work, obviously. Seven carries, only 18 yards, but two touchdowns. It's, I don't know really what the question is, but, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, it's Mark Ingram. I mean, are you asking? Mark Ingram is getting a lot of run. Right. In this preseason. Right. People are very excited about him. More excited than they've ever been about Mark Ingram. Do you buy that, I guess? Well, I buy Mark Ingram, but no more than I have. I mean, he's, he's proven to be, to be very effective with New Orleans. He's always been kind of an injury risk. But, no, I like Mark Ingram. I mean, yeah, deal. I mean, I uh, like Mark Ingram. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not extremely high on him, but I certainly think he's going to be very legitimate if he can just stay healthy. Yeah. That's the problem. All right, so that was the first one. It was kind of obvious. You know, I don't want to get in a big Mark Ingram discussion. This next one, Rick, I'm going to stay in New Orleans, and I think this one's a little more relevant heading into the fantasy season as sort of a question mark. Rookie receiver, Rick, Michael Thomas. Four catches, 67 yards, getting rave reviews in camp. He's a New Orleans receiver, Rick. Deal or no deal? Mm, No deal. Really? Okay. And I say this not in any way minimizing what he did, but let's look in the past. Drew Brees is always marvelous. Right. New Orleans receivers are always frustrating. True. Because he spreads it around to so many people. You're right. That's why I say no deal. Yeah, there's going to be four or five weeks where Thomas is going to be an absolute stud. And the rest of them, you're not going to know he was on the team. And that goes for everybody, right? Every New Orleans receiver. That's what it goes for since Jimmy Graham left. He was the only steady Eddie outside of Drew Brees. One of the most frustrating fantasy offenses ever because they just go out and put up 40 every game. Drew Brees throws for 350 every game, and you can't find a wide receiver no, you some trust guy to start had, every week. No, one guy might have had 110 yards and two touchdowns, and next week he'll have 30 yards. Right. 
And, and that's the problem with New, with New Orleans. And with this guy being talented, to me, that's just one more guy for Drew Brees to throw it to. Right, right. And that's what makes, other than having Drew Brees, that's what makes New Orleans so frustrating. Yeah. I, I, t- I tell you what, I was going to go deal, but I, I think you convinced me on this one. All right, Rick, we all know this will only matter for the first four weeks of the season, but 11 for 18, 168 yards, no touchdowns or picks. Jimmy Garoppolo, Rick, deal or no deal? No deal. Because as soon as Brady's back, you don't hear Jimmy Garoppolo ever again. So, I mean, until Brady decides he doesn't want to play football any longer. Which might be seven years. Exactly. It could. So, no deal. I mean, it's nice to see him looking good in case something would ever happen to Tom Brady. I mean, we can't forget that one year where he blew his knee out and Matt Castle showed up. Still won 11 games. Yeah, what, Missed the playoffs, I think, but won 11 games. Exactly. One of those weird anomalies that happens now and again in the NFL. Exactly. So, But, no, no deal. You think he can translate it into – I'm thinking about a super flex league. I'm thinking about the Scott Fishbowl. I know a lot of – that news of Brady broke right in the middle of the Scott Fishbowl, and a lot of people jumped on Garoppolo. Would you play him – I don't know, even in a 16-team league, would you start him for four weeks? Do you think – I just wonder, is it fool's gold with him? He got a lot of work in preseason. Now, he looked good against the ones, but it was New Orleans ones, if, if I recall <laughs> correctly, right? That's who they played. Yeah, and uh, uh, very limited schemes. Yeah. So there's, there's just really not anything really to, to take away from preseason game one in my mind. I mean, Garoppolo play. Look, this is the guy that's starting the first four games for New England, and they have him playing in the first preseason game. Right. First. He needs yeah. he needs reps. Yeah. Exactly. So, I no, I just I say no deal with this guy. All right, I'm going to stick with the Patriots here. There's a bit of a theme going. I seem hung up on this game. It seems like bad preparation here, but this one did stick out to me. I think I know where you're going to go. But New England running back Tyler Gaffney, he was playing in the first half. I don't know if he was playing with the ones, but he was playing to put up a lot of these numbers in the first half. Nine carries, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Also added two catches. Tyler Gaffney, does he get himself in the mix for the Patriots running back, deal or no deal? If the question is, is does he get himself in the running back mix, I'm going to say deal because you have no clue who New England's next running back will be. Right. I mean, Deion Lewis set the world on fire last year for a few games before he got hurt. You know, it's just – you just never know. I mean, we've had the the Shane Vereens and I can't even think of some of these guys, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Kevin you Falk know. is Ke- the big well, one well, we Kevin always Falk. talk about with New England. Well, he was always one of those guys you had on your fantasy squad because right. he actually played. Then they had the Corey Dillon experiment after right. Cincinnati, and he was more or less the workhorse. But ever since then, it's been – anybody's guess yeah i mean like garrett blunt will pop up for a few right. games and you know Holden, he'll right. james white looked really good in this game and he was good for stretches last year i don't know if there's enough room for a gaffney but i i really liked what i saw he had that the long touchdown run just looked so quick 
I just wonder. I bring this up more to spin it into a discussion of Dion Lewis. Lewis is getting drafted. Is about an RB two, if not definitely a flex. If you how White's not going anywhere. Bolden's been around for a long time. I don't think Blunt's going anywhere. I don't know how many running backs they're going to carry. Maybe you see Bolden, White, one of these guys go. I don't have any confidence, Rick, that Deion Lewis is going to make any significant impact to this offense. No. He could come out and do what he did in that short stretch, or he could never see the field, or, hell, they could cut him. They might have cut him by now. You, you just don't know. It, it's such a mess up there. Whoever they put in for a few plays has a lot of success, but it's just never the same guy. It's like the New Orleans wide receiver situation, only less consistent. Yeah, I agree. So, no deal. I'll leave it at that. All right. Another running back situation that's getting a little hairy is the one up in Baltimore. Kenneth Dixon, nine carries, 44 yards. Terrence West, nine carries, 25 yards. Two touchdowns added a catch for seven yards. Buck Allen, he gets six carries for only six yards. Justin Forsett didn't play. I'm not even going to play the game here, Rick. I'm just going to lay it all out. Are you going anywhere near this Baltimore running back situation? Oh, I might. I think, this is a commercial break. We're just going to talk fantasy on the commercial break for the game show. I think um, Justin Forsett is the guy. Buck Allen's obviously the number two and is going to get some work. Are they going to keep four running backs? Eh, maybe. With right. with the injury bug that, that really nailed Baltimore in 2015, right. they may. But I still think Forsett and Allen are the two guys that you're going to want in your fantasy squad. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a lot of talk. Old Terrence West got the goal line work. He found the end zone twice. I don't buy Terrence West at all. He's gone and showed small flashes in all kinds of places only to immediately fizzle out. Dixon's the one that interests me a little bit. He looks solid. He got the most work. He He's interesting to me. Buck Allen, I think he's a disappointment. Remember, we spent three or four weeks – on the slant, every question was about Buck Allen. That's the only question we got every week. I feel like he disappointed a little bit. Kenneth Dixon is the one I got I got my eyes on here a, a little bit. He's getting his work for set. I don't think for set's going to be a total workhorse. He's coming off those injuries. He's getting along in the tooth. I think he's going to be the one, but I think Dixon gets himself plenty of work. And, and it's Buck Allen and Terrence West, I think, may be the odd men out here if I had to make a prediction right now. Yeah, most likely. If if they do get rid of one of them, you're probably right there. I you know I'm just not sure exactly how it's going to shake out. See, I haven't seen enough. I mean, I'm assuming that Forsett is going to be number one. Right. We haven't seen him yet. He hasn't been on the field yet. Right. So I mean, it's you know you have. I want to see a little bit before. I don't like to start pro- projecting, uh, well, you know, this is Justin Forsett. He's the number one running. Well, until I know his health and can really see him, you know, Buck Allen, I think, is going to get work. I mean, look, he had, what, over 800 total yards last year. And, you know, that's not maybe a little disappointment, but let's not forget he took over for an injured Forsett. Joe Flacco was gone for the year. Right. Steve Smith got busted up and gone. I mean, they basically had a shell of that offense. Oh, they were gone. To work from. They were gone. Awful. That was a practice squad. Team exactly. So, you know, I, I still think it's first set right now. But Buck Allen, I'm not overlooking him for a fantasy squad. All right, Rick. 
I still can't believe the defending Super Bowl champion with that defense is going into the their season to defend their title in this situation. Your boy, the Sanchez, the butt fumble is himself, Rick, went 10 of 13. Good, right? 99 yards, not bad on 10 completions. A touchdown, that's great. Another god-awful interception, Rick. Deal or no deal on Mark Sanchez being the Denver starting quarterback for the entire season, save for injury, of course. Oh, he may be the the quarterback, but I mean, let's not forget Peyton Manning was awful. True, you know, for a while. Brock Osweiler came in; he's long gone. Sanchez. Let's not forget it. He took um, the Jets to what AFC title game, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Twice, twice in Two a row. Years in a row, yeah. Right. With a top caliber defense. And with um, Kubiak's offense dinking and dunking up on these running backs, and I, I think I think you're going to see um, Anderson and Hillman and so forth in company much more valuable than they were last year. And, and make sure you get uh, you know the fantasy Greeks fantasy football draft guide for 2016 and check out the ten most overvalued players. You can see number one in my book, Demarius Thomas. Yeah. You got a Mark Sanchez back there. I think Kubiak's offense from Houston from days gone by is are really going to start kicking in with De- look, they still have the defense. You know, I know they lost Vance Walker to an ACL and um you know, they're still trying to figure out who's going to take his place at end, but it's still one of the top five defenses in the league. Oh, no. Okay. Question. Simple as that. I think they're still clearly number one. Sanchez basically has to be Trent Dilfer of the Baltimore Ravens. That's basically what he has to do. Don't lose the games. Score a few points when you get in the red zone. Right. And that's basically all he has to do. He's going to throw the bad intercept. He's going to do something dumb every now and again. I'll tell you, that's a good thing to talk about. We'll take another break from the game here. You know, Demarius, Demarius Thomas, for several years now, what, top six, seven, eight wide receiver. Right. I think he's probably, Rick, what, a low-end two now? Well, I'm... And Emmanuel Sanders, who had that big resurgence when Manning was good, I think he all but disappears. I mean, I'll have him stashed away, but this guy's a low-end flex play at best for me, assuming – because, I, look, I don't buy into Simeon. And Pat, they both him and Lynch look decent in, in their debuts in the preseason. I'm not buying either of those guys. I think Kubiak's going to go in there with the veteran, albeit the veterans, Mark Sanchez. This I agree. There, it's that Kubiak offense isn't going to be conducive to two guys putting up big numbers. And, and I really wonder if Emmanuel Sanders has much of any value left in this system. Well, in PPR, I can still see a good deal of value with Demarius Thomas. And I say that because we look at 2015. Peyton Manning was throwing balls out there that I could throw as good with my left hand at times. And then we had Brock. bad. And Brock Osweiler. Okay, so Demarius Thomas, look, he still had 105 catches, 1,300 yards last year. I don't think he comes to that this year. But I don't think he's low end two yet. Okay. I mean, I think think Demarius Thomas is still low end one. But he's not in that upper echelon. I mean, he was always in the same conversation with Julio Jones 
with your right with your Antonio Brown. Well, when Peyton was going good, absolutely. Well, that that's my point. But what what's really brought him down? Look, he had 105 catches last year, 1300 yards, but he only had six touchdowns. Right, right. That's big. I mean, you look at the other some of the other top receivers. Brandon Marshall last year, 14. Antonio Brown, 10. DeAndre Hopkins, 11. Odell Beckham, 13. Allen Robinson, 14. You know, A.J. Green even. We thought he had kind of a down year. He had 10 touchdowns. All these guys scored more fantasy points than Demarius Thomas because he's not finding the end zone. He's starting. He is going from the elite back to Andre Johnson. Okay. Where you're not going to be getting the these 10, 12 touchdowns out of this guy. Right, right. Now, but we still considered Andre Johnson a top eight wide receiver, I think, even without the touchdown. Yeah, but that's right, now but, you're not talking elite. True, true. That's where I'm – That and with right. Sanchez, I think he drops even farther this year from last year. So you're going from a terrible – quarterback play of Manning and, and a Brock Osweiler last year degrading even more to Mark Sanchez. See, I don't know if he is top eight. I think he's down maybe top 12. All right, as only can happen here on the Asylum, Rick, we're about to play a game within the game. You know what game I want to play here, Rick. Demarius Thomas or Jordan Matthews? Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Demarius Thomas, I'm trying to think of guys that are going to be in that realm you're looking at. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it with you. Demarius Thomas, Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I'm going to go Fitz, Rick. Yeah. Demarius Thomas, Allen Robinson. Oh, Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson is about five or six of my list right Demarius now. Thomas, Brandon Marshall. Marshall. Demarius Thomas, Jarvis Landry. Landry. See, we're already at low-end wide receiver one. Yeah, I think we're getting into two levels Yeah, here. I mean, we're, we're upper end two, very low one. Okay, Doug Baldwin. Uh, Thomas, I don't, I don't, we talked about it before. I'm right. not ready to buy into but Baldwin. But see, yet. yeah, now you're starting to get but into. But I had to think about it. I mean, A.J. I Green. Can, can you explain to me? I have read several times. I've heard on shows. A.J. Green is getting a lot of run here. A.J. Green's being talked about in the top five and six, being the next guy sort of after Brown, Jones, Hopkins, and Beckham. You know, you're talking five or six. I, I'm seeing that everywhere. What has changed with A.J. Green all of a sudden that he, he's back in on that level? Well, you know th- – Look, in PPR last year, where did he rank in wide receiver scoring? Well, I have no clue. Eight. Well, so that's about right then, I guess. So, and if they're looking for Cincinnati to have a, a you know, a more, you know, maybe a better year, you know, because Dalton sure, certainly didn't follow up the year before right. like he did last year, why not? I mean, that that automatically put if you actually believe that he's obviously going to be a top what six seven eight receiver probably so i don't think it's all 
He had 86 catches last year. A little bit down, but it's still 1,297 yards, almost 1,300 yards. That surprises me. And 10 touchdowns. So he was very effective. He kind of did it quietly. Yeah, very much so. Maybe just because guys like. Kind of like Jarvis Landry we talked right. about, you know, with 110 catches. Very quiet because Miami stunk. Yeah, and with what Brown and Beckham were doing, just tearing things up, you, you tend to lose these guys. You know, right. even, even Brandon Marshall, people look at you strange when you talk about him in that top five or six, but he's there, quite frankly. Number three in scoring last year, and you look at how important it was the Jets signed. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Marshall and Decker had 26 touchdowns between them. And I don't see them dropping that much. Maybe a little bit in touchdown total just to spread it around a little bit because they may have to. But I don't know if they can stop these two big guys. Yeah, it's too much. And you got a legitimate NFL quarterback, albeit unspectacular, but a legitimate NFL quarterback in Fitzpatrick who can get them the ball, it makes them dangerous. And Look, Brandon Marshall, if everything's going well, you can't cover the guy. He's too big, he's too quick, his hands are too good. You know, people forget he had those down years when he was having – you know, his personal issues or whatever you want to call and it. He was and, still over a 1,000 right, yards. Right, exactly, so that, in his down years. That's what people forget. That's why I've always been on his bandwagon. You know that for years. Mm-hmm. He's been my favorite receiver for years, even over Larry Fitzgerald, who's right. prob- possibly the most gifted receiver that we've seen in our time. Oh, yeah, no question but about it. But they are so similar. Right, I've right. loved Brandon Marshall, and people forget – you know, they remember when he started with Denver as a bit of a head case, and he went to Miami. He was still over 1,000 yards in Miami. Who was the quarterback? Do you remember? I all can't say that I do. I no. don't either. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, and that that's the problem. Yeah. And we saw it with Larry Fitzgerald. He basically lost three years of his career because of the numb skulls <laughs> yeah. they had at quarterback. Oh, that was the ball. Oh, just, just anyway, let's get all back. All right, last one, Rick, as all we right. wrap up this segment. No numbers here. Rick, Jeremy Langford took every snap that Jay Cutler was on the field for in the Bears' first preseason game. Deal or no deal? Deal. I think that's He's big. The, I think that's big. Yeah, he is the new Matt Forte, and he's working exclusively with Cutler. So they're developing. Look, Cutler and, you know, if Matt Forte is gone, somebody's got to get – it's got to get into the rhythm and get the chemistry going. I mean, he can't replace Matt Forte, but he's going to have to create his own identity. And what better way is you work with the number one quarterback, Jay Cutler? Yeah, I think it's big. Now, whether or not he succeeds at it, you're a Langford guy. Yeah, four carries, seven yards, a catch for three yards. The results weren't there. Number one, you're playing against Denver. (laughs) You know, number two, I I don't know. But I think it's a big – going into week one, he is going to have all the opportunities. Don't bring me this list of 20 other people that you all know about that the Bears have on the depth chart at running back. Come week one, Jeremy Langford's going to get the shot. (laughs) And I think in snaps that matter, if he can catch the ball and he can hit the hole, Jeremy Langford's going to have a chance to really, really succeed here. Langford's biggest problem and – if it just comes to strength or working on balance, whatever. His biggest problem last year was yards after contact. Right. And if he hits the holes, can break those arm tackles, 
this guy could be dangerous. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you get him out in space, that's where he still had value last year filling in for Forte was in the passing game. He never put up good rushing right. numbers, but he's going to be dangerous in the passing game. So in a PPR league, I, in fact, am a Jeremy Langford guy. Rick, we got about one or two minutes here. Sammy Coates, as we look for that number uh, two guy in Let Pittsburgh. me go on, to, on the record here. Put out a tweet today. Everybody's jumping off of Sammy Coach because he had that fumble or whatever. This guy isn't Lima Swede. So you're saying no deal. Oh, this guy, he's a sleeper. He's undervalued. Right. And he, so that week one performance, no deal. No deal. You're not worried. All right. I'm not good. worried at all. I tend to agree. And, and I'll tell you, all you numbskulls out there <laughs> that you know worry about his fumbling and when I tried to explain that fumbles could be fundamentals holding the football and that Tiki Barber had that problem early in his For career years. and worked it out, and when, when you start to troll me and start saying, you know, comparing Sammy Coates to Tiki Barber is a stretch. Okay, it's a wide receiver to a running back. Well, number one, you ninny. And number two, <laughs> I was talking about fundamentals being corrected, not comparing – players you boob okay so <laughs> lay off of trolling me <laughs> i got nothing i, I think we're gonna break there that was one of the uh the rare rant from you i tend to take rants we, we you're usually the more rational one but i'm gonna leave it at that we'll be back we will open up for the first time in 2016 the asylum fantasy sports mailbag we'll get Can't rick wait. we'll get rick a beer calm him down and we'll be back right after this Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on the Arena Sports Network. Hey, Fan Nation Friday kicks off our 21st season of high school football coverage on Arena Sports Net. We take you around Illinois and Indiana and give you previews of the key games in the area. Tune in at 7 p.m. Eastern for the premiere edition of Fan Nation Friday presented by Subway. High school football season coming up. Rick. I know your boys' senior year. You got to be geek. Oh, I tell you, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, August twenty sixth is his first game, and same uh, day as the caveman draft created a bit of a kerfuffle. Yeah, but I tell you what. Thanks to all the people in the caveman league or league of consequence absolutely. that uh, they're postponing the time of oh, start, absolutely. so I can watch my boy and play. We'll be hosting it right here in Studio B. Right, right. we might have to do a little bit of audio. I'm going to think of something we can do there. He, uh, had, my son, has played. Now, now get this. This this has been really strange. He has played in his basically only. Well, because he missed all last year with that shattered collarbone. So basically, he did that early in the year, right? First quarter of the first game. Uh, that's early in the year. Yeah. yeah, but so this is only his third year. So this is basically a three-year career. He has played quarterback, safety, linebacker, tight end. This year, he is offensive tackle, defensive end, and second-string center. Has he put on 125 pounds since I've seen him last? Well, he's six foot two, about two. I'm gonna say probably about two ten, something like that. Pretty Stand, thin for a tackle, but he's strong. Yeah, yeah. He actually uh, got fifth place in the in the uh, 
it was a regional thing. There was like six or seven schools that went to a weightlifting thing back in, I think it was March. And he got fifth place. Now, bear in mind, he just started lifting like that January because he had the plate put mm-hmm. in via surgery the September before. So, uh, yeah, he's he's put on a lot of muscle. I, I'm in awe of anyone who can do competitive weightlifting. i got to switch arms when I'm drinking a beer. <laughs> My arms get tired. Oh, yeah. but i got no upper body strength. I'm like veal is there, what I am. Even when I'm in shape, I'm like veal. There's no substitution for youth either. Well, that helped. Yeah. Then I just never liked lifting weights to work out. You know, if you think about it, you just find something heavy and you pick it up and then you put it back down. Yeah. And then you pick it up and you put it down. I could never get into it. And it's it. just over and over yeah. and over. And I see, I used to run and, and I ran up until I was 46 years old. Till my ankle and everything just started breaking down because, as you know, I've got a smashed up ankle and blah, blah, blah. You know, more these these injury stories. But that's how I stayed in shape. I didn't really do a whole lot of – I mean, I was cardio. I never lifted. Never lifted. And I played a lot of golf, so basically what I did is I had – and I'm showing you is obviously an audio podcast, but I would take – you know, a weight, maybe a five or ten pound weight, mm-hmm. and, and do a, a fake golf swing. Yeah. You know, the motion of it, which really helped my upper body strength when it came to impact. Yeah, and, and so forth, and, and my timing. But um, other than that, I, I didn't do a whole lot of that stuff. Yeah. It was all light, light stuff. Yeah. I you would do the bar stuff, but it was only like 50, 60 yeah. pounds and just do it till I got tired. You yeah, know? I'm basically a woman. I, I can't handle it. I don't like it, and, and it hurts, so I don't want to do it. But enough of that nonsense, Rick. The Asylum mailbag is open. Only right. one week rolling in the mailbag was not full, but plenty enough to kill a segment. Rick, let's hop right into it. Todd from West Virginia says he needs to keep one of these gentlemen in a full point ppr 12 team league it looks like there's no penalty for keeping he just gets to keep one all right he's gonna keep one he's gonna keep one in a full point ppr 12 team league he had a nice team last year he didn't say if he won but i bet you he was competitive adrian peterson aj green or Devonte freeman (sighs) i think I think I would have to keep green. I'm, I'm with you. I would love to say Adrian Peterson, but in the keeper league, you're letting those other two guys go, and this very well could be the twilight of Adrian Peterson's career. So, yeah, I'm going to have to say keep green. Green's the least amount of risk, right? Right. Uh, Devontae Freeman was fantastic last year. Yeah, he was. I want to see it again before – He's my keeper before I'm willing to you – know, this is a, ostensibly when there's no penalty, this is your first-round pick, right? Right. I'm not ready to take that risk on a Devontae Freeman yet. Peterson is fantastic. He's not huge in a PPR in terms of receptions. Now, <laughs> that doesn't matter. He's still going to score double-digit touchdowns and run for 12, 1,300 yards. But you just have to wonder. It's going to come. He's over 30. I don't think it's going to be this year. I believe last week you predicted he was going to be great this year, and then it's going to be the Sean Alexander fall-off going into uh, 17, which is entirely possible. But I don't think there's any risk with A.J. Green, none whatsoever. I agree. Easily a top-10 wide receiver. All right, Steve from Pennsylvania has the first pick in a 12-team PPR Superflex League. 
Does he just go stick with it and go with Antonio Brown, or does he look at a quarterback like Newton or Rodgers because it's a super flex? This is always the million-dollar question in these two-quarterback leagues. You know what? You want to look at Cam Newton and you want to look at Aaron Rodgers, but if I got number one pick, give me A.B. and coming back. In fact, we're at Scott Fishbowl. That's what I was going to bring up here. I got. I had the number one pick. I, I believe. No, no, I was number three. Excuse me. And for some reason, Antonio Brown did not go in the first two. I took him. I still got Ben Roethlisberger coming back. Right. Right. And, and I hooked them up. So. Yeah, I don't think I'd go number one overall pick on a quarterback. There's still a lot of quality quarterbacks out there. And being number one, if you want to, you can go Antonio Brown, quarterback, quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is his first time in this league or it's it's a home league. He, he doesn't say in the message. I, I double-checked it. If, if in this league you tend to see in the first two rounds – 13, 12 to 14 quarterbacks go off like what used to happen in the super flex leagues. But I'm stuck on in the Scott Fish Bowl this year, Rick, how late and how much people waited for quarterbacks. That rush for quarterbacks has died off. Even two years ago in the Scott Fish Bowl, if you didn't have two in the first four picks, you, you were cooked. I was drafting quarterbacks in the sixth, seventh, eighth round. So if that seems to be that seems to be the tenor in the general fantasy community on the, on the two quarterback leagues where they're still waiting. Maybe it's because there's so many and there's not the gap there used to be, right? You can get Carson Palmer. You can get, name it, Tony Romo later in a draft and fill out a quarterback thing. So if you've been in this league a long time and they're going to take 14 in the first 36 picks, maybe you go ahead and yeah. take a Cam Newton there. But aside from that, even then I might go Antonio Brown and take the two best available at the 2-3 turn, and I get, you have that leg up on everybody right off the bat. I, I still say you do that because I think even if there is like a quarterback run, sooner or later the elite quarterbacks are going to be gone. It, and then what if it – you know, I mean, Beckham, Beckham's going to go. Right. Um Gurley's going to go, and, you know, you have your Allen Robinson will go. Hopkins. Hopkins will go. Exactly. Julio Jones. So they're not all going to be gone. Right. So I forget what you said his name was, but whatever your name is. Steve. Steve. Yeah, Steve-O. Don't panic. All right. We're going to head to New Jersey, Rick, and we're going to talk to Mike here. This is one that's sort of near and dear to me. I don't remember what, what am I picking? Tenth, eleventh, something like that in the in the home league, in the caveman league. And that's where I've picked in, in the Scott Fish Bowl, in the Fantasy Greek uh, mock that you can find at the guide, Amazon.com. Search for Fantasy Greek Draft Guide. Always got to get that plug in. You bet. Anyhow, here's Mike's dilemma. He's got the eleven pick in his standard twelve-team league. Is this where he starts to look at Gronk? Do I take the best wide receiver available or jump on the running backs, which are sure to still be solid at this point in the first round? I'm thinking about this a lot myself. So me and uh, what's his name, Mike, me and Mike are on the same page here. You know, all I can really tell Mike is take the best player available in standard. I mean, yeah, you want to think about Gronk because um, you are gonna you have a pick, what, in, in three picks. Yeah, do you worry about Gronk? 
the four games well, with Garoppolo. It does make you take That drops pause. him into the mid-second round for me. It does. I mean, you go back to the deal or big deal or whatever it was, deal or no deal. <laughs> Just with, disrespect the game. Sorry. Sorry. With, <laughs> with Garoppolo. Yeah. I, I, he, make, he, he lowers Gronk's value to me. And so I don't think I would go – boy, it, it's hard to say. You know, the first ten picks – you you got to assume, and I don't, you know we don't know the the tendencies of his leg, but Brown's going to be gone, Beckham's going to be gone, Hopkins going to be gone, Julio's going to be gone, Julio's going to be gone. Now in standard, you're going to start seeing some running backs go, so you're going to have your Peterson gone, you're going to have Gurley gone. So now we're already through six. Yeah. Cam Newton may go as many touchdowns as he throws out there in a standard Rushing, league. It's possible, right? Um. Okay, now we're at seven. Throw some people at me. You know, does anybody gamble on Le'Veon Bell that early? Maybe not. I think that comes up later in the in the mailbag here. Yeah, Devontae Freeman, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Eh, maybe. Yeah, probably not. Here's what I'll say. Here's how we'll answer this now, and I hope we're answering it because you're right. I think I'd go top wide receiver. I'm throwing Gronk out. Okay. So that's it. Throw Gronk out. Take the best best available there. I'd almost lean on the running back side if, and this is a big if in a standard league, but with the obsession with wide receiver this year, with the obsession with wide receivers, if a Peterson or a Gurley obviously fall down there, stay away from Ezekiel Elliott in that spot. That's where I see him going. I'm not taking Gronk there. If you want Gronk, I'm pretty willing to bet he's going to be there coming back. But even then, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to mess with Gronk. There's enough tight end depth out there to get a good tight end that I don't have to worry about missing four games and what's going to happen from there. Gronk's nicked up again already. I assume he's going to be fine, but he's nicked up already. It's Throw Gronk out, and it's the best available after that. I hope that answers the question. You don't know, think about running back wide receiver, best available at, per your rankings after that. that. That's what I said right off the bat, best available player. Look. Rushing touchdowns last year, there were only, and we and we've glossed over a couple of guys that that should pop into mind. There were only five running backs with double digit rushing touchdowns last year. One we didn't mention, Jeremy Hill, yeah, from Cincinnati. Um, and, and in standard, I still say no with Jeremy Hill because of, of Bernard. Too he doesn't Bernard. he doesn't get the yards. One guy you might want to pay attention to. Is in, in yardage wise, you know, it, it, a first round pick. We have totally forgotten about this guy. All right, we've been talking about drafts and everything. Muscle hamster, Doug Martin, four, yeah, fourteen hundred rushing yards. We're talking about Peterson. We're talking about Gurley. We're talking about um, hell, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, David Ezekiel Johnson. Elliott. Yeah, David Johnson. Doug Did you Mar- look at David Johnson? Doug Martin had fourteen hundred and two yards last year. He was only what eighty yards behind Adrian Peterson. Can he back it up? Because right now the path he's on, he does it every three years. Right now he's only played four. So uh, of course it, it it's it's all health oriented. But I'm going to say if he's healthy, can he repeat? I'm going to say deal. Okay. Let's get back to the game. I might be with you. You know I'm a Doug Martin guy. Yeah. You know, almost more than I am a Jeremy Langford guy. So, 
and a Thomas Rawls guy. Yeah, you know, I think you could talk about – I think you could wait and get Doug Martin at that spot in the second, quite frankly, because I think like we have until this point, a lot of people forget about him. In standard? Standard may be different. And it, yeah. these questions are all hard because you don't know who he's drafting with. Right, exactly. Is he drafting with, like, the people we draft with for the Fantasy Greek and the Scott Fish Bowl, or is he drafting with rum-dums like we draft with <laughs> in the Caveman League or what I do in the Dewey Melon Ball League? These guys, I'm surprised they can find their way to the draft, let alone draft. Thus, why the trophy is sitting right over here uh, to in front of you, Rick, along with many other trophies. If you'll see, did you see the belt? By the way, this is your first opportunity to come down and see the uh, trophy case. I'm going to give you a a, oh. a, a question. <laughs> oh, you there. have a question. Well, yeah, and, and you probably, being the guy that you are, I will probably have to answer, and I've t- taken the liberty to answer it. Oh, okay. But it came across on Twitter and. Like an idiot, I forgot to write down his Twitter handle. But anyway, he had a question. What 2017 rookie would you take for Richard Matthews in a dynasty league? I'm looking to move him. I would take a bag of rice for Richard Matthews, quite frankly. Yeah, I would too. And and quite frankly, um, right off the top of my head, you know, the guy that come to mind was uh, – Juju Smith-Schuster, USC. Hey, God, he had 85 catches last year, almost thirteen, almost 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns. Is that guy going to give him up for – I mean, I think that probably the question, the intention of it was, you know, what draft slot, you know, maybe a third-rounder for Richard Matthews I would take. Well, that's true. You know true. what I mean? Yeah. I don't think we're looking for players there. Well, that's true. You're not going to get a first or second rounder. I'd certainly take yeah. a third. I'd probably take a fourth, quite frankly. I, I got no faith in Richard Matthews. He flashed a I wee little bit in Miami. I don't want to say he's buried in Tennessee. It's not I would like say third Jerry round. Rice and John Taylor are there, but he's buried a little bit on that depth chart. As much as we jock Tennessee's skill players in the first segment of the show – yeah, it's not the greatest show on turf. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just don't know what you're going to get for a Richard match. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'd go easily third round with, yeah. with no pause. Yeah, yeah, maybe even four. You'd probably talk me into a fourth. All right, Rick. Hunter from Chicago says, I hear Flieger call Briggs in, and he spelled it wrong, but I appreciate that he's been paying attention. I hear Flieger call Briggs an octogenarian almost every week. Now I lost my place. Just how old is he? This is a two-part question. Are you willing to answer that question, Rick? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I had a birthday this month. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I think you told me that, and I still didn't wish you a happy birthday. Well, no. But why would you? I don't think guys should wish each other happy birthday, should they? Unless... Is that all right? Yeah, you know, if it's a grandfather or well, dad yeah, or yeah. something, of course. But, like, I'm not going to wish you a happy birthday. Like, if you tell me, I might say happy birthday, but I'm not going to say, oh, it's Rick's birthday, and call you and say happy well, birthday. No, that that'd would, be weird, right? That'd be, yeah, that'd okay, be strange. Good. I'd hang up on you. All right, good. good. Because I think there's something wrong. So we're on know. the same Okay, page. he's dying and I got, being nice. I got What's one going coming on? up real soon here, and I don't want you doing that to Don't me. worry, I won't. All right, good. If I'll say it right now, happy birthday. All right, there, there it's we're out done. of the way. Woo-hoo. And I turned 58. 58. That's old, Rick. That's, like, really old. Old is relative. I don't think it is. Old is old. No, old is relative. Old is old. Because at 58, I'll still be this. When you're 58, I will be as many years older than you as I am now. Or dead. Nah, not me. Well, you remember the conversation we had the other day? Well, yeah. <laughs> where I told you you look like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> right. I, 
I've been working hard. You I look mean, a better. You look better today. It might just be that heat. You know, getting in and out of that heat. Might no, be. and as I've told you, you know, getting you know off track here. You know, we've had a discussion, so you know mm. what we've been yeah, talking yeah, about. So yeah. you know, I'm feeling a little better. So you feel a little little pressure off. There. Yeah, that's good. Good. Yeah. All right. And the follow up question is, and I don't know what I think about this part. So watching Hunter. But he says, how old is Fligger? To be honest, he sounds every bit like a oh, – no, I can't read it here. Hold on. He sounds every bit like a bitter old man himself. Well, I've said this for <laughs> years. And, Hunter, you're absolutely correct because I've been saying this ever since we started doing this together. You know, Fligger, look at me because you are me Don't say 20 that. years younger. Don't That's it. Don't say that. That makes me sick. It I'm doesn't going, matter. I will turn the 39. I will turn 39 and not the fake 39, the actual 39. I'm not that guy who's going to be 39 forever. I will turn 39 here in a mm-hmm. couple of weeks in time for the NFL season. You know how we always do that with players. I'll be 39. Going on 58. <laughs> Do I sound like a bitter old man? You are. Or am I just like a throwback? You are a I'm bitter the, old man. I'm the lad, there's that country song. I'm the only John Wayne left in this town. Yeah, we talk about oh, that you, a lot. Yeah, why do you flatter yourself? <laughs> uh, now you're John Wayne. <laughs> well, I think the point being I'm not, you know, shiny, happy, peace yeah, and love, nonsense. A know. real man. I'm a guy. A man's man. I'm a guy. Yeah. I'm just a guy. But, yeah, I'm, I'm old and bitter. I, I'll give you that. Life has kicked me well, in the crotch I, more than once. And I have told, and no, I won't. We're, we'll offend too many people. Come on, oh, let's no, go. Oh, no, no, you got it. Throw it out there. I, mean, I, I told, Offend them. I, <laughs> I told my daughter this. I said, you know, the reason Flieger and I get around, because he's one of the few younger guys I know that's still a man. <laughs> I mean, he act, you know. He's gross. He drinks. You know, he makes weird noises, and you know, I'm not offended by exactly. Him. You can't offend him with a hammer. Right, you know, right. I'm the same way. Well, when you act the way I do, it's kind of hard to be offended. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, the amazing part is, is we actually found people to marry us. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm hanging on by a thread every day. Let's be honest. But, <laughs> well, yeah, but but for right now, you yeah, know, just, things, yeah. things are rolling. It's around. amazing. All right, let's all right. Let's. Um, Chad from Cleveland. Sorry, sorry to hear that, Chad. Assuming Le'Veon Bell suspension, they got a title now. That's so. true. That's true. I, you know, I found myself rooting for that too. Yeah. I really did. We talked about it on the show. So Chad asks, assuming Le'Veon Bell suspension stays at four games, where do you think he should be drafted? He's got a follow up to that, but let's let's take him one at a time. I will be totally honest with you. Mid second, yeah, I'm the. That's a third of your fantasy season. What's his name? Chad. Chad. Yeah, that's a third of your fantasy season if you're playing like a 12 or 13 game season, depending on how your playoffs is, or even 14 game season. It's still a big chunk. Yeah. And have you deserve to have somebody? A stud on your squad is there for the whole season yeah, you before you get a Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, you can't do it in the first round. So he asks, and this is always the, the natural follow-up question, and Chad's right on it. Assuming I draft Le'Veon, how early do I pull the trigger on D'Angelo Williams? It is kind of like the old survival thing. You mean a survival situation, gather as much firewood as you think you'll need for the night <laughs> And then go and then go get twice as much. Yeah. Okay. So figure out where you normally pick D'Angelo Williams, and you better move it up about a round and a half. Yeah, I'm thinking, honestly, Rick, sixth. 
you think? Maybe even fifth, depending on what end of the fifth you're on. End of fifth, beginning of sixth somewhere. I wouldn't go any more. I don't think even. I don't think you even go out of the fifth round for the simple reason. He could go to somebody else at that point. Do doing you trust a, Le'Veon Bell? Well, that's number one. So he's going to get. He's going to be bumped up. Let's say Le'Veon Bell. We knew he was going to be healthy. He wasn't going to miss any time. Yeah, the but end, Le'Veon Bell loves to right, get hurt. We're getting okay. there. We're All getting right. there. If everything was hunky dunky with <laughs> that's hunky dory. I like hunky dunky. Well, there's a show title, doesn't it? Uh, I don't know why I said that. Oh, Lord. After I just proclaimed myself a real man. Right. Hunky donkey. <laughs> All right. But everything's good. Hunky donkey. Everything's manly with yeah. Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> it's hunky donkey. All right. He's not going to get hurt. He's going He's not suspended. You're going to draft D'Angelo basically only as a handcuff as a Le'Veon owner in, what, the 10th round, 11th round, 12th round even, late, late, late. With just the suspension, if Le'Veon Bell had any durability, you're probably still going to be one of the only ones interested in him. You could probably get him in the 7th or 8th. I'm going to throw something out at you real quick. If you're drafting an Adrian Peterson, you might draft a McKinnon in the 12th or 13th. Right. I think I think even with Bell, I mean, with the caliber of a D'Angelo Williams, I think he's already moved up to probably the 10th. Okay. 9th or 10th. I can live with that. Because he's that good. Okay. I mean, McKinnon, if, if, if Peterson goes down, which we saw a couple years ago, it isn't just McKinnon. Right. It's McKinnon right. and Osiata and whatever mo they got laying around. But it is D-Will. Right. In Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's the guy. And he could lead the league in touchdowns like he did last year. Yeah, 11 touchdowns rushing last year. So let's rather than go through all this, we're running out of time, and I get, want to get to as many questions as we can. D'Angelo Williams, because of the suspension and because of the fragility of Le'Veon Bell, will be taken independently as high as the seventh round. Yeah. I'm not taking any chances. If I draft Le'Veon, I'm taking him in the fifth. And I don't think it's a throwaway pick, quite frankly. Last year in the Caveman League, and it worked out for me, Rick, when I went 0-RB, I took D'Angelo in the sixth round. Yeah, I didn't own Le'Veon. I took him in the sixth round, much to the chagrin of the guy who took Le'Veon Bell, who was at that point facing a two-game suspension. Right. Figuring, all right, I'll get two games out of him anyhow, and that'll give me time to figure out what rookie we didn't think of worked out. And then shortly thereafter, Le'Veon goes down for the year, and bang, I got one of the top five or six fantasy running backs in the league. Right. So you're going to have to hop all over him. So I would say mid-second on Bell, fifth round, no later than the fifth round on D'Angelo. That, that's my response. I agree. All right, let's jump down. On hell from Fort Worth, Texas. Yeehaw. Rank these running backs. You got your pen there, Rick? Um, let, me, let me hand you one you. here. All right. Rank these running backs. Right. Lamar Miller. All right. Devontae Freeman. Doug Martin. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Eddie Lacy. Okay, PPR or standard? What? You know what? He didn't say. I wish he would have said that. Let's go. That that makes a big difference with Devontae Freeman. Yeah, it does. Let's go. I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's go standard, then we'll do right, PPR. We'll do both. We'll do standard. Both. Martin. Lacey. Miller. Zeke Freeman. I, I'm pretty close. I'm going to flip-flop. 
You know what, Rick? On that list for me, Lamar Miller's one. I am really excited about Lamar Miller. So I'm going to go Miller, Martin, Lacey, Elliot Freeman. So we're, we're only flip-flopping the first two, so we're close there. All right, PPR. I'm still going Martin. Then I'm going Freeman, Miller, Lacey. Boy, I tell you what, I hate to put Zeke because I don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, now, I think I'll go Martin, Miller, Freeman, Lacey, Zeke. All right, for me, it's Miller, Freeman, Martin, Lacey, Elliott. So I don't know how far off we are there. I gave Not you my too far. Opinion, so we're, we're pretty close there. Yeah. I think what you take from it, neither of us, uh, you know, we're sort of against the grain, and God, I hope we're right because we talk about it every episode. Not 100% sold on Zeke yet, and Freeman makes us nervous unless it's PPR. Like. PPR, I like Freeman, but, you know, you don't take know Take away is I'm in love. I got a little man crush on Lamar Miller finally you getting know, out and, of Miami. And I've actually hopped on the muscle hamster bandwagon a little bit you this have. this year. I may change before the season starts after watching, you know, the first preseason game. I don't even pay a whole lot of attention to them. I'll start watching preseason some this this week and then week three, obviously. Yeah, that's the only one that matters. Exactly. And then just start paying attention to uh, training camp, make sure nobody's gotten injured. And, and, and that's the key to it there. But I really like – I think Doug Martin is going to be bestial in, in a running game. Now, in PPR, you know, I, you know, I think I'm going to switch – in PPR, I'm going to put Freeman, Miller, Martin. Okay. Because they just don't use Martin in no, PPR. No, he's, he's not big in the passing. No. All right. Well, unfortunately, we have run out of time. So, Beth, Mark, and Micah, check your inbox. We will respond to your emails directly. Sorry we didn't get to read it on the show. It's a pretty good show. Happy to be back in Studio B, Rick. I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun. It was. Thank you to Bernie Nichols for coming and taking time and coming in and talking. A little hockey, a little all-sports market, and a little hunting. Absolutely. So remember, every Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. Check us out, asylumfantasysports.com, at Asylum Football on Twitter. We'll be back next week on the eve, Rick, of the Caveman Draft. We will preview that, have all kinds of other fantasy goodness until then we'll see you take care maybe i'm just blind the underrated band Rick. maybe i'm just blind you think i love this band so Bobby went here, Bobby went yeah but you think they're underrated you don't hear them brought up i saw them they were playing uh like an unplugged show, like an acoustic show in one of them fancy opera halls in Oakland, down by Pitt. Right. There is no better live music than acoustic rock in an opera hall. It was this like, oh. mind-blowing, mind-blowing. Yeah, there's something... I saw John Mellencamp that way, too, and that was awesome. There's something about, you know, acoustic. Yeah, it's whole different. And those concert halls were built for that, not like these arenas. Because you don't have the, like, the... Well, like in this song here, you know, with a rhythm, it's like that. It's acoustic. It's yep. It's just the notes, man. Yeah, it's excellent. That's our thing. Oh yeah, we're out of here.